Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. Sometimes you meet people and the connection is immediately there and you could quite honestly spend hours talking to them. My next guest is a wonderful friend and also a member of my academy. Fantastic artist, somebody I could chat to for hours and hours and hours and who shares the very same values and beliefs that I do. I'm delighted to be chatting to the absolutely fabulous Penny Rock. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Benny. Oh, gosh, honestly, so organised as usual, aren't I? Well, almost as organised as me. <laughs> I invite you to a podcast, but I don't send you a link or anything like that. Well, it keeps me on my toes. <laughs> how funny. Oh, gosh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, in this very wet part of the country. Well, I think the whole of the country's wet, isn't it? It's, oh, it's vile here. Well, actually, I'm saying it's vile. It's it's a bit grey and drizzly, but it's not tipping it down like it has been. It's on its way. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been very, we've been very British here, aren't we? Just yes, to- I would say, let's, right, weather done. <laughs> and the niceties, oh, yeah. goodness. It's so nice to have you here, and I'm so glad you've come to chat to me and, and, and everything. Thank you. I'm privileged to do so. Oh, well, I feel like we've known each other for a while and we've met, which is... Yes, which was lovely. Yeah, it was really amazing. Yes. I feel like we're good friends and we've known each other for a while, which is really... Well, it does seem like we've known each other forever. But sometimes that's how you connect, isn't it? Yes. Sometimes you just feel like you haven't known people forever and sometimes you never get to know people. Yeah, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Something within us that is the chemical thing, isn't it? Whatever that. Yeah, it's that connection, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. It isn't yeah. about art or where you live or anything like that, is it? Really? No, and and I do I do think it's like a shared like values or uh, you know people with sort of like almost like a similar history and all, all of that kind of stuff. You know where we can you can kind of really relate to what somebody's been through or yeah. gone through or you know whatever you're like on the same plane aren't you yeah yeah, yeah. definitely so tell us tell me a, bit, a little bit about where where you are who you are and where you come from oh, <laughs> gosh an interview <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so at the minute I'm in Somerset I've been in lots and lots of places so I was born in South Africa but was only there for four months 
And then we came back to UK and my parents moved around every few years. And then when I was in my early 20s, I met and married my husband and he was in the army. So then we moved around for many more years until we weren't together anymore after a long, long time. And um, I still continue to move around, basically. (laughs) And during all that time, art was the thing, art, any craft, but art mainly, art, knitting, sewing. From a very young age, I just used to draw or colour in books to start with and was always very precise about keeping everything in the line, you know. So all through my life, I came back to art. Mm. Mm. Do, you just... think, do you think that's been the sort of the constant in, in your life, the thing that you can kind of come back to because you know it's there? Yes and no. I don't think I came back to it because I knew it was there. I, you're just always drawn to something, aren't you, sometimes? And um, I just love drawing. I love writing. I love anything. So even when I write, sometimes I write small, sometimes I write big and round, sometimes I write all well, you, you can't see that, can you, on a podcast? But sometimes <laughs> it's all spiky. I just like putting pen or pencil to paper, really, I suppose, mm. in whatever way suits at the time. But, yeah, so so much like you, I came to colour pencils around the same time, I think, as you. Although I've been thinking about this, and I was doing a, a therapeutic massage course, and part of that was anatomy and physiology, and we had a coloured pencil... I'm just going to go. a colouring pencil anatomy book for each part. We had to colour in the muscles that we were doing at that time. And I used to sit and just colour in this book, never took in any information about what muscles were called or anything, <laughs> but loved colouring the book. And I think that's probably, that was in about 2007. And I think that's when coloured pencils came back into my life. But then I was a watercolour artist, sort of. Well, I wanted to be. I wanted to be a very loose watercolour artist, but I couldn't stop. So very loose never happened. <laughs> <laughs> Became super detailed. <laughs> yeah, and then then it's not then it gets muddy in watercolour. Yeah, so so that was that's a condensed thing of my life. But when I'm so I'm very happy here in Somerset, but I know because it's who I am, that I could wake up tomorrow and think, oh, I'll move. And then I'll move. Well, you you want to be you want to be near the sea, don't you? I do want to be by the sea. I'm not doing a very good job of it lately. Well, the seas come to me with the rain. Maybe I'll yes. just end up on an ark, and then I'll be everywhere. <laughs> but yeah. What is it that draws you to the sea? What is it that makes you want to be by the sea? I just feel. See, even talking about being by the sea makes me want to cry, I, and I don't know why that is. I just feel free by the sea and I don't know why I don't know there's something about being on a beach either the sea gently lapping on the shore or massive waves and wind there's just something about it that draws me to it yeah I can't really explain what it is and I don't know why it is but I get I just have a feeling that's where I'm meant to be eventually and is there have you have you kind of pinpointed where where you're going to go or is it just anywhere where no, no, it isn't. I thought anywhere might do, but it does. It has to be somewhere that there aren't three million people all summer. It doesn't have to be a hot place. It has to be 
a less touristy place, I guess. I'm not really. No, I don't need the town. In the country by the sea would be wonderful. You know, so I could walk out onto the beach, but behind me was a forest. That would be very nice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds idyllic. I watched, um, I watched, um, oh, um fisherman's friends oh yeah uh one and all or whatever the, the newest one. Oh, i've only seen the first one but yeah well i watched that last night and that obviously is is cornwall isn't it and um mm. and oh my goodness um I, when people so it's all set kind of a, around like a, a little a, a cove a fishing village and everything and obviously there are you know tourists and everything but people were coming out of their houses and it was there pegging his washing up out literally walked out the door pegging is washing up and and there's the sea oh, like, that, yeah <laughs> i know it would I, I think i need a bit of beach with my sea yeah sand preferably <laughs> but you know getting fussy now but um it will be in the united kingdom i think mm. I, I don't have an urge to go to Spain or Portugal or the Caribbean or Greece or not to live. I quite like the seasons, although though I'm moaning about the weather. <laughs> well, yes, but it is quite nice, isn't it, to have mm. things that sort of change. Um, how do you cope when the clocks go back? Are you- I ignore it for the first day because how can you change the time? And then I realise, you know, at some stage I have to do what everybody else is doing. Otherwise, it makes life difficult for work and for meeting people. <laughs> Are you a little bit of a non-conformist then, Penny? I don't like being told what to do, I think. I've learned after all these years. I liked, no, I don't mind being told what to do if I want to do it. Oh, that's hard to explain as well. I like being encouraged to do things. Yeah. I don't like, that. like you teaching, I love all that. I love being taught in that way. I just I just have a thing about the time change, really. I'm not very good in the dark. I'm a daylight person. Mm. So it's not it's not the clocks changing fault that it's getting darker, is it? But I don't I don't like it. I don't like getting up in the dark. I don't really I don't mind coming home and pulling the curtains and not doing anything because I'm quite happy to be at home and not go out. But it makes for long days, doesn't it? Yeah, yes, because yes. I mean, I, I'm um, I'm trying to fit time in at the moment to go swimming. Mm-hmm. And and actually, after sort of four o'clock, I've got bags of time. You know, I've got yeah. the whole I've got the whole afternoon, the evening if I want. But I know that if I put something in my diary to go swimming in, you know, after four, I wouldn't go. I'm and exactly the same. I'm but exactly it's not you know, I'm not scared of driving in the dark or anything. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. It's not anything to do with that because I'm 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 quite a confident driver. Although my children would tell me that I'm an absolutely terrible driver. <laughs> I'm waiting for mine to tell me you should stop now, Mum. <laughs> and any time we go anywhere, because two of my my elder two are on the insurance for my my car, and mm. any time we go anywhere. I get to the car and one of them's in the driving seat and one of them's in the passenger seat and I get put in the back. <laughs> You'll have to get them a couple of hats then. So they want to show for you around. <laughs> oh dear. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I've just got this thing where I really don't, my day kind of finishes at four and that's it. And then I just want to kind of settle down and snuggle mm-hmm. in. And just... Do you think we've told ourselves that though? You know, this whole frame of mind thing because I have always said there's no point me joining anything in the winter because I know I won't go 
Mm. I've already told myself I'm not going to go. Yes. You know? Well, well, you uh, see, there is that, isn't there? Yeah. Because I'm quite happy not going, but I know I won't. So I wouldn't join a group that met in the evenings in the winter. Mm. I'd go in the summer, same 24 hours of doing the same stuff. Yeah. I know I wouldn't go in the winter, so I don't even do it. But, but then I guess there's that, there's the, we, you can kind of turn it round on that as well. You know, I wouldn't join anything in the winter, actually, because I don't want to go out in the winter. I want to just hunker down, have my tea, do my drawing, get cosy. And and I, I'm not going to make an excuse that, oh, no, you know, well, any excuse, really. I, I, I don't want to do it. No, you, you're probably right. But I think because of lots of things, you question whether you're convincing yourself not to do it, don't you? Because of all the the things you can read and listen to and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, that tells you if you're positive you'll do it and if you're negative. But some you have to question whether you're being positive, but not wanting to do something. <laughs> that makes but sense. But that's exactly <laughs> it. It's about making a decision that suits you, isn't it? That's what it's about. And actually that's is a really interesting conversation to have because I think if you decide not to do something and you have a very very valid reason for not doing it there's nothing negative about that no if you don't want to do something you don't have to is basically it and you know unless it affects you saying you'll go and pick somebody up from somewhere and then not turning up because you don't want to but if it's just about you and what you do yeah did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about time and I've got one out that's coming out this morning I think about boundaries I listened to that just now Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes we say we want to do something but then we make excuses not not mm-hmm. to do it and I think that's when there are reasons behind and where we've told ourselves that oh we're rubbish at doing this and we're rubbish at doing that I know I don't think I've ever heard you say that you're rubbish with your drawings but I I know that you like to you like to fiddle about and you you know you like to put yeah. details but you also really like to create finished pieces that aren't actually finished. I do. I have trouble with it. But yes, I'm. that's my my next thing is to, I've realised to do an unfinished piece, you actually have to plan it. You can't just start drawing and stop. You have mm. to plan how you go because it, there's unfinished and uncompleted, if you like. So that's that's a plan, yeah. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy with my. I've always been happy with my art, I think, really, and I've always known. Well, I'm happy with what I do because I'm not trying to be somebody else. I guess. Mm. I did tell you once, I think that when I started color pencil drawing, you know that whole of where to start and then you start, and I'd be there for hours and I sit back and think, well, somebody else has done that like somebody else was channeling me because I never I wasn't there when it was happening obviously I was there and this makes me sound really weird <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it was a wonder not that I could that it was good but that how it got there yeah I do get that yeah. I do completely get that and it's almost like um because I know you share my love of all things sort of a bit. Yeah, yeah. Bit woo, woo. woo, but who cares? Woo is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it almost like it's a like a our higher self 
mm. creating. And and I have to admit, I get this quite a lot and I totally understand where you're coming from. So I will sit down and do a, a, a drawing. Um, you know, well, I won't sit down and do a drawing because it t- takes me a lot longer than that. Oh, yeah. But I will sit down to draw and I'll have Harry Potter on. <laughs> seems to be the only thing that I have going at the minute is Harry Potter we're on the final bit now we're on the final stretch I've never started it so maybe one day oh absolutely I don't watch the films I'm not interested in the films I I just listen to the audiobook oh maybe maybe one day oh I, I absolutely love it I absolutely love it anyway and I sit down and and off I go and I um it's almost like you're sort of cocooned in this thing (laughs) I can't explain it I'm waving my hands around and you just I am almost like transported to somewhere else it doesn't always happen but it happens on a regular basis and I'll kind of come round I'll have been drawing and I'll suddenly go oh and it's like where where have I been that's that's it without Harry Potter from this yeah Yeah. and then you and then you look down and you think oh Thank you. <laughs> yes, you've yes. done that. <laughs> but obviously, you know you've been sick there doing it for all yeah, that time. But yeah, but this is the. I think this is where we get into that state of flow. Yes. Well, we may not. I remember my daughter telling, asking me rather once a few years ago. Don't when you sit and draw. Isn't that when all stuff happens in your head when you're thinking about what's happened and you know how sad or happy or whatever you are? And I said it's the only time. Actually, nothing, none of that happens. For some reason, you can literally be mindful when you're doing art, can't you? Yes. Well, I can anyway. I don't think about anything. I don't think about eating, drinking, anything really. I just do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, quite honestly, I really, well, I do know why I put so much weight on, but I will, I will quite happily sit and draw for hours. If mm-hmm. if you give me the whole day to draw and I don't have to do anything else, yeah, I will yeah. draw all day and I will very badly seldom get up and move around. I, I do have to set alarms and everything. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could quite happily sit for 12 hours and not eat because I don't eat when I'm drawing. Ever. I could I could do that except I know I would be chair shaped for probably two days afterwards. Yeah, well, so I've yeah. set I've set I've got a Apple Watch, so I set the alarm. So at ten to every hour, it tells me to stand and move around, and yeah. I can ignore it. Which I but I know if I just walk around the room or just go and get a glass of water or something, that's and it really enough to sit back down again and then carry on. Definitely, definitely, yeah. and I'm really I'm getting better but I'm still really bad at that because I just get into a, a well I just get into a state and then you I'm there flow don't you so yeah. and yeah. I'll just do do you get I, I'll just finish this bit and then I'll stop and then when you just sort of finish that bit you think well I'll just do this bit here and then I'll stop <laughs> I like to I like to stop when I've got something in a place where it looks okay and where I can very easily pick back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm, if I'm sort of finding something a bit of a challenge and I'm just trying to get something quite right, usually when it's something like an eye that's not got a huge amount of detail and it's quite, it's almost dark, just black, yeah. but there's a lot of 
tiny bit of light in there, but the light is probably only a couple of shades lighter than the darkest dark. That's the thing that I find the most challenging. And I can't leave that until I'm happy with it. I'm not going to say perfect because nothing's ever perfect, but I can't leave it until I'm happy with it. And then I can go, right, okay, off we go. Unless, of course, one of the dogs is messing up. Yeah, yeah. You know, wanted to go out or whatever. But yeah, but isn't it strange when we do get into that state that our head isn't full of rubbish? Yeah. And sometimes it's, I mean, you yours is a business, so you have to sit down and do it. But sometimes for me, I know I know how much I love doing it, but sometimes I still get the procrastination of, well, I'll just put the washing on and I'll just make another cup of tea and I'll just and then I'll go and do it. So now I have to. I journal a lot now and I even write in my journal, right, at nine o'clock I'm doing yoga and at 10 o'clock I'm starting my art. Yeah. And then if I don't do it, I feel bad, which is ridiculous because it's me talking to me. But, yeah. but it makes me have some kind of schedule. Yeah. But I can't do a schedule like you because I would fight it all the time. Thinking, what? well, I don't have, why do I have to do that? I don't have to do that. Oh, believe me, Penny, there are battles that go on in my head every single minute <laughs> yeah. of the day when it oh, comes my. to scheduling because I don't naturally schedule. I'm not an organized person at all. And what I have found is I really like is when people give me tasks to do mm-hmm. that, I can, that I can physically tick off. And that's what I have. That's what I ask. For anybody who puts anything in my diary, make it a task so that I can go, I've done that, tick. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That makes me feel really productive. But I really struggle with being organised. Really Do you think you're better if somebody else, because you have other people put things in your diary? Definitely. If you put all these things in your diary yourself, then you're giving yourself permission to move those things, aren't you? Because it's you yeah. that's put them there. Exactly. But well, that's how I work, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then that rebellious side of me comes out and goes, Well, you don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't have to do it. You don't want to. Who's I, know, I, know. Yeah. I know. I know. And when it, you know, you were saying that it's a little bit different for you, you know, because it's not a business. My drawing, I don't put any of my drawing time, unless it's a live stream or I've got to create a video, I don't put any of my drawing time in my diary. No, you do that for you. My diary doesn't have drawing in there anywhere it's even if I'm doing a tutorial or you know anything like that my drawing is still very much a hobby Mm -hmm. you know well done but what I've found is that over the years I used to get really stressed out about particularly with commission work and Patreon actually Mm -hmm. I used to get really stressed out about getting things done on time and you know, I'd be thinking, oh God, I've got all of these commissions to do and I'd have to like, you know, really cram them in and stop doing stuff for me, you know, mm-hmm. taking time out for me to get all of these things in. And I've found that I've stopped doing that. And I'm like, now that I work from a wait list, unless somebody has like, oh, I'm booking it in and I really do want it for this date because it's for mm-hmm. a birthday. I found that I I just um it doesn't stress me out anymore. And if somebody's piece is a little bit late, it's a little bit late. I mean, obviously I've let the client know. Yeah. But they've waited a couple of years, so they're gonna wait, you know, a, a week or a month yeah. or a month. And I found that I've become a lot more calm and settled with the time of things. And since I've stopped posting things on Patreon, 
it's made such a difference. I feel more, I've always felt relatively relaxed, but, you know, I was always thinking, right, I've got to get a tutorial out. I've got to get two tutorials out for Patreon every, on the first of every month. It's got to be there. I've got to do a focus one. I've got to do a full one. And actually now having the Academy with one or two or three videos going up every week, just because of the live streams that we do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like probably a full tutorial every month, but I don't have that crazy sort of stressy feeling that oh, I've got to get this done. And, you know, it's much calmer and it's a, such a nicer place. It's good, isn't it? That's what takes away people's love of art, I think. A bit. And that's, so when I came to you, well, I, we were just arting and things. And I had this vision of stopping work and doing art and doing commissions. And, and then weirdly, <laughs> Through all the other stuff you give us, I realised that wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to have to draw things and to have a time. Everything you've just said, I've realised that that wasn't for me. And I was coming to art with a means of making money for that only and knowing that then it becomes something else. And I didn't want that. So I've taken a whole big, so I'm listening to all, the podcasts and other people and things you recommended and all your business, everything. I real I found me through all the things that you suggest for doing for art, like the dream board and everything has taken me to where I want to be and taken my art back to a hobby. And I'm forever grateful to be honest, but, but it's, it's very strange. So now I'm in a place where if somebody wants to pay me to do a commission, I'll do one. I'm not going to say no, I'm not charging if somebody wants, but I'll also do one if people cover my costs. But I don't, I was going to say I don't put that out there. I'm putting it out there now, aren't I? <laughs> but, you know, if I want to, if I like a picture, I think, oh, I'll do that. You know, as long as they cover my costs, because I fancy doing it. Depending who it is, you know, if I know somebody couldn't afford. Well, even, I don't know, I just like, basically I'm not doing commissions. <laughs> Yes. I'm very happy. And is that because you don't have to choose the subject or? No, it's because I think I've always had a really funny relationship with finances and money. Even when, when I was married, even before I was married, when I was young, there's always been this funny relationship with it. And it put that relationship into my art when I thought that it's nothing to do with the subject, really. If you give me a subject, I'll draw it. I know I can copy things. You know? I know I, I can do it so it looks like it actually does perfectly almost, if that's the right word. Not perfectly, but you know what I mean? So it would look. Or I can stop when I want to stop. Adding the financial side to the art that takes it to the wrong place for me. Yeah. yeah. I don't like. I don't like money. <laughs> I know we all need it and we all need more. And I probably need more than a lot of people because I'm not very good with money either. Not more than a lot of people. But, you know, I'm very comfortable at the minute. Comfortable, very comfortable. It's all relative, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So I don't. I'm happy to work. I didn't ever want to work for somebody else, but I'm happy to do a little part time job for anyone, somebody else that brings my money in that covers everything so that I can do the other things as and when I want to, really, with no pressure. Yeah. And that's nice. That's really nice. It is, it is nice. But that's weirdly come from 
following what you've given us with the intent of it taking me to a, a business um, and it doing a real about turn at some stage. I don't know when that happened, when I thought, well, actually, my dream, my original dream board, which is sort of still hanging, was about where I wanted to be in an art business world. Whereas my real dream board, the one I was kind of denying, isn't isn't the same. Gosh, isn't that isn't that interesting? Yeah. And and you know, you were denying your dream and bringing something else in that you maybe it was. I mean, did you feel you were supposed to? You had to build a business from your art to make money. Yes, that was a way to make money. But and I knew I didn't want to teach and I didn't want to do tutorials and I didn't want to do any of that. I just wanted to be an artist. And the money was, if I did art, I could make money and then I wouldn't have to work for somebody else making. But not because I wanted to do it to make money, but because I need the money. Because everybody needs to keep a roof over their head, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But when I came at it from that way, I just... For a while, I think it was last year sometime, I just couldn't bring myself to do any art. It was a couple of months or so, and I just thought, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it. And, it, and then I kind of tried to talk to myself and understand why. And I was, even though I didn't have any commissions to do, I was putting pressure on myself to do the art to make money. Money's a, a funny old thing, isn't it? I've kind of come to the, well, the current conclusion, because I think... I think your thoughts can change on a very oh, regular basis. They do. Read my journal every day. It's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and depending on who you listen to and you talk to, you know, a lot of times I listen to a podcast and it will have a massive influence on me. But money, I have always thought I was rubbish with money. I've always thought. Yeah. I was rubbish. And I wonder if it stems back to, I remember, well, I think I remember. <laughs> So, you know, sometimes yeah. you don't know whether it's been a conversation or a dream or whatever, but I, yeah. I think I remember being given the task of taking the lunchtime takings from my parents' restaurant to the bank and paying it in. Mm-hmm. And and there was quite a lot of money there. You know, it was. I mean, it was yeah. back in sort of the, I guess it was the, will have been the 70s. It will have yeah. been the 70s. I was probably about nine or ten. Three, yes. <laughs> yes, I was probably up three. <laughs> Off you go. Um, and I remember getting to the bank, and it was Barclays Bank on Ripon Marketplace. And I remember getting to the bank with the paying in book and going to get the money, and it was gone. Oh, no. Yeah. And it hadn't even been a very long walk. I mean, it was maybe about a seven or eight-minute walk from my house to the and, – and I don't remember being uh, sort of really told off about it. But I wonder if that, and I've been kind of thinking about this for a while, I wonder if it was that that has made me believe that I'm not good with money. I can't be trusted with money. That's the seed planted, isn't it, really? You know, and and so I've had a, a, a peculiar relationship with money through through the years. I've basically spent it. I've been really spending it. <laughs> and I've had a good time, though. <laughs> but I've always got what I wanted, not necessarily because I had the money there, because yeah. at one point it was very easy to borrow money to get credit cards yeah, yeah. and stuff. Been there. <laughs> I've never been very good at saving, ever. No, nor me. 
you know and, and again, I always know everything will be all right well I've I've got exactly the same so you know you manage with what you've got don't you really and I know everything will be all right it's always nice to have more to do something but I'm the same as you I think sorry to interrupt no but I think I always thought I'd been rubbish at money and I always thought so although I worked my dad always looked after me till I got married I suppose and then my husband always looked after me because we were moving around I had little jobs here and there some very diverse jobs but never just little part-time things nothing no career but I never wanted a career I just wanted to be Mrs Walton on the hill with the dogs and the children and making quilts and cooking and all that but anyway with no sea funnily enough but then Another realisation that I come, I've spent a lot of time thinking, and this was to do with making money out of art as well, that I needed to do lots of things to make money because I was rubbish at it. I haven't got enough. How am I going to survive? How am I going to keep robbing Peter to pay Paul, blah, 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 until I sat myself down again and thought, and this is probably from a podcast or something, I've listened to, listened to a lot of Stephen Bartlett ones and some people are very interesting on there. I and love I came him. to the realisation that I needed to change my attitude. I'm a lot luckier than a lot of other people. I'm on my own. I don't own my own home. I keep a roof over my head. I feed myself. I've got a nice new car. I've got everything I want, really. So... I am good with money. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in this position. You know, I might have an odd bit of money I owe here and there that I can pay off and not pay off and I don't save. But actually, I'm very good with money because I'm 68 years old. You know, I can't say that. That's so old. And um, I'm taking care of myself. And the first, for the first time in my life, I realised I can actually do this and I'm very good at it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> That was another turnaround that's happened from from you, really, Bonnie. I sound like I, I'm your biggest stalky fan, but I can't <laughs> tell you how much it's changed everything that I didn't know it was going to change more than it's changed the art, if you like. But that's but that's amazing because everything that I share is what I've been doing for myself because yes. I've I've had all of these like personal internal you know stuff you know absolutely so I and then I'm kind of sharing that and yes and the people who are listening and are sitting themselves down on the odd occasion and going hang on a second you need a bit of a talking to internally yeah you need to change your you know your attitude the people who are doing the doing who are actually taking that information that other people have given to me are making changes Mm. Well, it works, anybody that's listening. If you want to make a change, well, if you want things to change, first of all, you have to change the things you want. Nothing changes if nothing changes. No. You know, you have to. And I know uh, some people will probably think, oh, this is all a bit airy-fairy. But actually, well, it's worked for me and that's what's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you start taking responsibility for what goes on in here mm-hmm. in my my empty head <laughs> oh mine's very full of rubbish completely <laughs> <laughs> empty uh, when you start taking responsibility for yourself and start to ask those really important questions you know and you start to change that internal dialogue which we all have yeah yeah we do it's very difficult not to have it isn't it 
Yeah. But if you change that internal dialogue, very, I mean, you can only do it slowly. You can't just go, right, I'm just going to change everything. You've got to go through the work. You've got to go through the the experiences to then be able to go, well, do I like that experience? Do I want to keep having that experience or do I want to change it? And if I want to change it, exactly right. You know, we need to change things. It's a habit thing, isn't it? You can't decide. You have to make then the decision into a habit that becomes normality, whatever normality is, because there is no normal, is there? But I've I've found that I've become a lot more aware of different things. So I never used to listen to podcasts. It wasn't something that I particularly, it wasn't really on my radar at all. It wasn't something that I listened to. Radio Um, 2 was all I listened to. That's exactly what I did. I listened to Radio 2 and I listened to Radio 4. I have not listened to either radio station. I have not watched a news program, I think, for probably about a year. I do sometimes catch up on things on YouTube or something that flips mm. up on Facebook or something. But I, when I get in the car, it was always Radio 2 or mm. it was Radio 4. And I have become much more attuned to who I am and much more aware of who I want to be and where I want to go by listening to podcasts rather than listening to all of the rubbish that's on Mm. (laughs) on the radio. I mean, I'm not talking about music or anything. Listening to people who are inspiring, like Stephen Bartlett, that man is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the people he's interviewed are amazing as well. Do you know, I, I listened to this weekend, I listened to the interview he did with Peter Crouch. Oh, I haven't done that one yet. Yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not into football at no. all. I thought you know what I'm going to listen to it. What a fabulous interview. Yeah. Well, was, I need to do that then. It was brilliant and it was you know yeah little bits about football but you can bring all sorts that have happened to other people. It can have an effect on you as a person mm. as well, you know. And Stephen Bartlett is one of the I think one of the best coaches interviewers whatever because he asks those really tricky questions mm-hmm. somebody will say something he'll go oh just tell me about that just going back yeah. just tell me and it's the things that you might go oh gosh I can't possibly ask that because it might bring up something that's a little bit you know hard or a little bit painful or whatever and he asks mm-hmm. the question and you get the most fantastic answers back mm-hmm. and that has been by far the best kind of I guess help for information and everything that I've, that I've uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing. I'm just really, you know, almost addicted to him. I suppose I still do have Radio Two on in the car because I drive to work and it takes three minutes, which is so. By the time I put podcast on, it's not worth it. And I drive to work because I come home. This is an excuse. I'm justifying why I drive to work now. Because I come home at lunchtime, and if I wanted to come home at lunchtime walking, I couldn't. I wouldn't have enough time. So there's my justification for driving to work. But if I go to my daughter, who's about fifty minutes away, or drive up to my son, who's up near you, then I just put a podcast on now. I have it all planned before I get in the car and go. But I wouldn't have before. No, no. it's what it's wonderful, isn't it, to have that yeah. resource. I love listening to people talking, obviously. Well, I like talking as well, but <laughs> that's obvious too. Uh, yeah, do you just know, listening you, to people. That that's when I when I work. So if I'm going to be doing, um, if I'm going to have anything on, if I'm if I'm, I don't know, maybe doing something when I'm drawing. I can't listen to music when I'm drawing. I used to. 
watercolor. When I did watercolors, I used to listen to music, but I don't anymore. I listen to you or a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to hear people talking, yeah. even if I'm not listening to them. That is the kind of vibration, frequency, whatever that I like that that human voice mm. rather than singing. Oh, I'm very susceptible to noise. Very susceptible to noise. Mm-hmm. Noise and smells. I've but- got very sensitive hearing, which drives me. But weirdly, though, I shout when I get excited, even though my hearing is very. Yeah, it's funny. Funny, isn't it? It smells for me. Definitely smells for me. Uh, smells can bring back all sorts of memories. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely smells and music, though, does, doesn't it? Yes. Music yeah. takes you immediately back to. And I think because I move so much, if I hear a song, I can tell you where I lived when that song happened. So, and I do spend, I've realized I spend a lot of my time. I was talking to a friend the other day saying, when I lived in so and so, and when I lived in so and so, like that's, and I think, and then somebody said to me, okay, so you moved around a lot. And I think, well, I'm not saying it. I didn't realize I was saying it like that, but it was taken that I was saying, I've been here and I've been there. Oh, you see, well, that yeah. that's them sort of reflecting their feelings onto you. Yeah. So them maybe sort of feeling a little bit that they haven't done very much. And, uh, you know, it, it's funny how people do that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I, at first I used to think, oh, I, I, I think I'd be, well, that's a whole wanting to please everybody thing, isn't it? Not saying no. I used yes. to say yes to absolutely everything until one um, – Till I realised, like you were saying, if you say yes, and then within two seconds you're thinking, oh, I don't think I to do that. So I've learned to say no. And I've also learned that if you, if you say you might do something because you know you need to think about it, probably the fact that you know you need to think about it is your answer. Yes. <laughs> Already you don't want to do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and if you have to ask somebody else, should I do this or that, you know your answer, don't you? Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I mean, it's always nice to put something past somebody. And I don't know whether you're the same because I know you're you're on your own, um, divorced. Um, I'm similar. I mean, I've got my children here, but and I'm not sure whether I miss not having somebody to talk things through because actually the last sort of 14 years of my marriage, I didn't really have anybody to pass things through because we didn't really Likewise, really. And I don't think, if I'm totally honest, I don't think he was on the same way. He probably thought I was woo. I don't think we were on the same wavelength in as much as. But I was much like you from listening to you. If I knew it would end up in an argument or silence, then I just kept it to myself. So, Do you think we've become quite good at actually having that internal conversation ourselves we've kind of we, we we're I feel you're very happy in who you are yeah I am and I'm, and I'm certain I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been I have to say but I think I've become quite good at actually internalizing that conversation and having a having a rational conversation in my head mm-hmm. and I think I've become quite good at that that rational side of stuff so yeah I have almost like a bit of a debate in my head but without it going my inner voice isn't critical. My inner voice is actually an incredibly encouraging voice for me. It's a, you can definitely do this. This is going to be amazing. And and I think that's how I've got to where I am now. It's it's not always been like that, but, you know, 
I sometimes think I'm this weird person, but, you know, I, I definitely have a very encouraging internal voice. And that's very useful for when I want, when I need to do this mulling over, you know, whereas I, I, um, my, the rest of my family are all my brothers and sisters, they're, they're married. They've got very supportive other halves. My mum and dad have been married for a very long time. And I see, it's weird when I see their relationships it was very different to the relationship that I had with my husband and they have those conversations. They can ask a question and then they can have the, the to and fro. And I don't think I ever had that with my. No, well, I suppose my, because of, because of our situation, he was away in the early years, at least for six, seven, eight months every year. So for that time, I talk to me anyway, so I've been I've been doing this a long time. But I think that's probably actually now you've said it. When I say to somebody, "Oh, I think I'll move," and then I'm going in three weeks or whatever, because I rent, I can do that, and you have to give a month's notice. And I think people think, "Oh, you you know that's really quick." And have you thought about this and that? But I've talked to me, I've talked to myself about it. No, it looks like to the outside that I've woken up this morning and thought I'm going to move, and I've organised everything today, and I'm off. But it yeah. doesn't happen quite like that. Yeah, I do. You know, I do say. You know, I do have little discussions with myself about moving, at least. But what about anything really? I just, if like getting a getting a new car, I suppose. I think oh, I'll change the car, and then people say, "But there was nothing wrong with the other car." And I think, yeah, but I like new cars. Why shouldn't I change the car? You know. I thought it'll be better, it'll be better on fuel, it'll do the things I want it to do, I won't get cross with it because it steams up all the time. And So I'm just changing the car. You know, for me, that's no big deal. Moving is no big deal because I haven't lived in the same place for... I've probably moved 40 times. Oh, least oh my God. So, Gosh, well, if you, since... Even in living in the same place, so when I lived... I moved up to Retford, where my son is, in 2017. I lived in two places there because, well, I lived with them for a while till I found somewhere to live. And then I moved into a house around the corner, but I never felt comfortable. It was like staying in a hotel really a bit. And then I moved to somewhere else that I really liked, but wasn't right for me still in a different way because it was a, a retirement place. And just I wasn't old enough in my head to be there or physically, I don't think. But anyway, so and then I moved back here in 2020. So even from 17 to 20, I had four, three homes. Well, four if you count living with my son for a few months. Yeah. But I don't I don't think anything of it, really. Well, I guess if it's kind of part of your culture, if it's part of what, you know, what you were brought up with. And it's it's almost like the, the normal. Yeah. But there's no. No fear. I'm very much a person who thinks I have this kind of motto. If somebody else can do something, then I can do it because why? Maybe I don't know how to do it. But if somebody can do if one person can do something, then there's no reason why I can't do it. I've got brains and arms and legs and yeah, I can. So I've always been that I can do it. And it's very difficult. A friend once said to me, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. There are other people that actually can do it better because they're experienced at it. and. I don't know about the better bit, but do you know what I mean? That you yes. can get other people to do these things. Yes, yes. Do you think that kind of, I mean, I love that. I think that's quite liberating, actually. You know, 
if somebody else has done it, then then I can do it. And, and why, I, why can't you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But do you think sometimes it does hold you back slightly because you try and do everything yourself? Yes. And it stops you. I think that and also being used to being on your own and doing stuff and having a chat. It stops you asking other people for help. And maybe you should Yeah. help, not help. I'm drowning help, but help help me move this wardrobe kind of help without trying to move it yourself and things like that you know all the little things that yeah really you should ask for help yeah yeah, yeah. it's like me yeah uh, yes yeah, so, I mean I've luckily I've got two strapping sons that live here so I've moved a little fridge bought this fridge and I've moved it down into the office in the garden which yeah. is where Amy and Lucy are so I'm trying to make it so that they're they're not self-contained or anything and but so it's easier for them you know they can keep yeah. them the bridge down there they have to, have to keep coming up the garden and uh, anyway so took that down and I was unpacking it and sorted it all out moved it to the side and everything there's open the door and everything's strapped in everything's yeah. down so it doesn't move in transit so I'm taking all of this tape off pull the little plastic bag out with the door handle and, and of course I just go oh there's two pieces to this door handle and I snapped it all together and then it was just like oh and there's some screws that you have to put in the one half to screw it onto the door. And then you snap the other half. Yeah. I can't get the door handle off. So the fridge now, I think, will probably, and, and actually I could quite easily say to my eldest son, who's got a ton of tools, can you just sort this handle out? No doubt it will just be a fridge without a, without handle now. Oh, will it? <laughs> oh, I'd have to get it apart, you see. That's the other thing. I like things to be how they should be. I'm not very good at broken things. Uh, oh, you see, I'm the I'm the I'm the person that makes do. No, always make do. I think again. I think this is from moving because everywhere we went to, we didn't have very long. And unless you emptied all your boxes immediately and made a home, there was no point emptying them really because you'd be off again. So I mean, sometimes it was only fifteen months in moving. So everything we just literally moved a home to all these different buildings we I'm saying I probably more because more often than not we would move and he would after a week go away for six months and then I'd sort everything out and then he'd come back and we'd be moving again but no not quite six months but do you know so but I love doing it so it wasn't a, the heavy work's the hardest work you know when you want to change a room round. I mean we got to the stage where he'd say to me right you can have one move of this room. We'll put it like this when the removal men come, you know, if he's there. And I'll I'll move stuff once, but that's it. <laughs> but it's weird how will you live in the same place, how you'll move somewhere, like moving here two and a half years ago, and the removal men have, I've said, put the sofa there and put that there and put that there. And then I'm thinking, but it doesn't actually have to stay there. No, it might be better somewhere else. But then there's the thing where I can't on my own physically move stuff. I, I want to say I don't really care about stuff like that, but I do care. And I do. I, I've been writing in my um, I'm writing this book, as you know, mm. there's a part where I talk about um, knowing yourself. And there are all these different questions that I've been asking and and I've been answering and, and hopefully it'll help other people to kind of, uh, you know, ask their question. But one of them is what annoys you? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing that really annoys me is mess. But I am the world's messiest person. <laughs> but maybe you're an 
I was going to say organised mess, but you're not, are you, organised mess? Well, I am. I, it is um, quite organised. I do yeah. know where everything is. And if somebody yeah. moves stuff, I'm like, but I, I, I put that there. But it really, really irritates me. And what I've done in my living room is we used to have a big sideboard and bookcase. It was huge. It was a, we got it in 2007. I mean, it weighed a ton. And I ended up giving it away. It was a beautiful wooden and it had drawers and glass bits and pieces. Really, it was really lovely, but it was massive and it just wasn't going to fit. And we were going to get another bookcase in. And I just, and I said, no, I'm not going to. So in that room now, there is one little table with a lamp on it. Uh And that room stays tidy all the time because there's nowhere to dump anything. Yeah. And that's what happens in my house. I have taught my children to dump stuff. If there's a surface, you just dump things on it. So consequently, my gorgeous kitchen, a half of the table, well, half of the table is taken up with Peggy because she lives yeah. on, on the kitchen table. And the other half is is filled with stuff that I could just get a bin bag and just put everything in it. Honestly, yeah. I really would. And I would never miss it. And then clothes, washing. That's, see, that's the joys of having, or the unjoys of having three adult children at home, really. The boys are brilliant. They'll, they'll put their washing in. I'll then probably move it to the dryer and put another washer in. I usually take it out of the dryer and fold it, leave it on the table. Within a couple of hours of them being home, it's gone. My daughter, her pile gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> Bigger, bigger, and it's and then it falls over, and then you know, then I've got to wash it again because the cat will be sick on it or something, and it just stays there, and it's just You've like got oh. too many clothes. Yes, yeah. please move your clothes. I haven't got time. I haven't got time. I haven't got time. I like, just move your flipping clothes. Oh my god! So half of the kitchen is Phil is my daughter's wardrobe. Well, you should take her clothes and put them on her bed. I know you physically have to do that. Yeah, I know. Do that bit for her, but put them on the bed so she can't get in bed until she does something with them. <laughs> <laughs> She'd just lie in them. She'd just get in. She's she's well, a that's her clothes. It's her problem, isn't it, really, I suppose. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, in the big scheme of things. It's, but I know what you mean. I don't really like... Well, I don't like the dust that comes with mess. Mm. Because everything gets really dusty all the time, and yeah, and too much dust makes me wheeze and my eyes itch, and yeah. So I don't, I don't, but I don't. So my biggest bugbear would be things that aren't that are broken. So a door handle. I'll come and fix your door handle. <laughs> if the handle's meant to be on it, then it should be on it. You know, if if your taps, if your plug's broken, mend your plug. Yeah. Your sink plug, I'm talking. I'm not electrician, <laughs> really. But I know I like things to be as they should be. Yeah. Which is probably really annoying. Only I've learned not to be like that in other people's houses. Because I used to go to people's houses, family mainly, and mend things for them when they didn't know they were broken. <laughs> Do you know, and then I think somebody said something one day. I think it was a, an old auntie once we were there and I'd take we'd been cooking and everything and I was clearing up and I took the tray out of the microwave and cleaned all the microwave and everything and she never said anything and then later on in the evening glass of wine she said I'm so embarrassed I didn't know you could take that out she said I just I'm just so embarrassed that you saw how messy it was and, and, I, and I didn't think anything of it I just cleaned it yeah. that's what you do and I thought I must stop 
that's like somebody else's zone. I mustn't go into other people's zones without, oh, gosh, without permission. You see, I, I I just put up with stuff. I've got the the door into the garage. So I've got a, a freezer where I keep all the dog food. So I do go into the garage quite a lot. I've also got a box of pig ears and Nelly keeps on trying to get into the garage to get these bloody yes. pig ears. The pig ears are for the dogs, by the way. It's not like yeah, I guess that. <laughs> not some strange thing. Actually, I know you have dogs. <laughs> it's this, it, was weird. it's this huge box. I bought them off Amazon. This box arrived. They're not even in a bag or anything. It's just a box oh. with pig ears in. Oh. So of course the dogs can sniff them. It's anyway, funny. the garage door is a fire door. Mm. And the handle doesn't work and it just comes out so every now and again I go to pull the door and I just pull the handle off and then I just go oh for goodness sake pick the handle up and just kind of slot it back into the hole in the door why I haven't had it fixed I have no idea so next time you come around Penny bring your screw no, I will I'll, I'll bring the tools next time <laughs> you can bring I would have to fix that you see because it takes two minutes but I get I get pleasure from fixing something like that and thinking well it's been talked about for ages and it took two minutes. And I think that's thing. another husband thing, if you like. But I get that he was away. But sometimes I'd say to him, would you just do this for me? And he'd say yes. Mm. And then I'd wait for him to get up and do it. And the next day I think, is he going to do it yet? Because when I ask for something to be done, I mean yesterday. Yeah. I don't mean in a week. or. But for him, he was going to do it and he would do it. Probably knowing that, I couldn't wait, so I'd do it myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You'd have to ask him that. But, but impatience is probably one of my traits, actually, I would think. You see, I think, um, I, think I am incredibly patient, especially when it comes to stuff that kind of goes wrong. When I say wrong, I mean just in a normal household. Mm. You, you know you'll come down in the morning and like I don't know the washing machines leaked or something like that I I just have ultimate patience with stuff like that I'm just like never mind let's just mop it up and I'm I'm always that kind of a person and it's very 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 seldom that I completely lose it very seldom yeah. and when I do I properly lose it. And I, and I, and it's, I'd probably say maybe once a year, I properly lose it. Maybe not even that. And, um, and I shout and then I damage my, my throat. <laughs> and then I'm, and then I'm like going <clears throat> like that all day because I've like, I've like really, yeah. really, and I've just, everything has just gone like, that's enough. And, um, but otherwise I'm, I've got, you know, patience of a saint. I'd, pay, I'd be patient in that, you know, if, if things break and that's just what it is, it happens. Yesterday, for instance, I had a delivery from Amazon yesterday. This is, I get car rage and Amazon rage, I think, or delivery man rage. So I'm sitting down, sewing up, I'm making toys, uh, clothes for my granddaughter's dolls for Christmas. So I'm sitting knitting, so I'm sewing up yesterday afternoon and then I get a message to say, my Amazon delivery has been delivered, handed to the recipient. And I thought, well, no, it's not my door. So I went outside. It's not there. I went to this place. I tell them to leave it. If I'm not there, it wasn't there. And that really wound me up for about half an hour. Because <laughs> I thought, why do, why do they do that? Why do they say they've delivered it, even that they've handed it to somebody? Yeah. And where was it? I don't know, because I've complained. And now if I go in, it just says you've already said, you know, it won't let me 
Nobody's contacted me. I don't know where it is. Oh, God, that's so irritating. But that, that really winds me up. Yeah. Because, who, be, and I think it's happened on a Sunday before, but whoever, I guess the bottom line is I don't like lies. And the delivery man has lied and said he's delivered it. Yeah, and he hasn't. And he hasn't. And that's the bottom, The not the fact it wasn't delivered, but somebody's told a lie. And that's yeah. not, I don't like lies. No. So that's not a good, you know. Yeah. Not good. Hopefully, I'll get it before Christmas because it's a Christmas present for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to lie and tell them that. (laughs) Oh, I've left it in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that. (laughs) So, I I don't, I'm impatient in some, I'm a bit of a whatever, whatever the word is, really. (laughs) Two people, 10 people. I'm impatient when I want something done. But I'm not impatient as I'm very patient with people, I think. But I don't, I'm bossy, I know that because people tell me that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But that's impatience, probably the bossiness. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I take over quite often. That's another thing my daughter tells me. I think the first time I went to her for Christmas when I was on my own and I was helping in the kitchen and I said, Do you mind? Can I do? Well, I didn't even say, Do you mind? I just started doing stuff. And then I said, eventually after a bit of bucks fizz and everything I said do you mind if I just do this and she said no because you always take over anyway you might as well do it I thought really do I so (laughs) so maybe I do but I don't do it in a think I can do it better way I just like doing stuff yeah but better that than just sitting there and letting other people you know do do all of the work yeah Yeah. I'm I'm if you saw me sitting for hours doing nothing procrastinating (laughs) You wouldn't believe that I actually like doing stuff all yeah. the time, really. I don't like just sitting and doing nothing, really. If I'm not right, I don't think I ever do sit and do nothing. If I, I sit and write my journal, which is turning into a book, but nobody would want to read it and bits I wouldn't want anybody to read. But even if I am watching telly, I'm knitting or doing, I can't just sit and, because that's a waste of time. Mm. I'm always doing something, talking otherwise. Yeah. Bless you. Well, I I could uh, well <laughs> I could just talk to you forever, Penny. I really could. Oh, well, you're very welcome to. Maybe nobody <laughs> wants to listen to us forever. Maybe we should just do it on the side. Yeah, we just just chat away. Well, it's been lovely chatting, and we must catch up again very soon. Will do. You know my number. Yes, and hopefully we'll see you in art club tomorrow. You will with the lips yes. <laughs> and the tooth. What's that all about? And the tooth. <laughs> I look oh, forward to that. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> All right, Penny. Speak to you soon. Bye, bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. 
We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.